1: There's no theme music today, so I'm going to sing a song to you. Good morning, everybody. What's going on? So, I had to take a little pit stop today because I'm on my way to Los Angeles to, uh, well, I'm going to have a good day. Anyway, good morning, everybody. I hope you guys are doing well. This is Morning Gratitude with the Mayor, and I am not my usual setup two days in a row, but we are on the road today. We have a really amazing day. Actually, why am I saying we? Like we, like you guys are coming with me. Anyway, I, I'm going to have a really terrific today day today and I cannot talk. I'm freezing my rear end off because it's 50 degrees and I really, really do not know how you people in cold weather climates do it. But it's 50 degrees here, and I'm freezing. Like, I may not be able to talk today, but (laughs) anyway, oh, man, I'm so happy to see you guys. I'm happy to be out of the office, on the road, uh, really stoked about going to Los Angeles. But right now, I am in Dana Point. I want to show you guys real quick how beautiful this place is. Even on a cloudy day, it is absolutely gorgeous out here. Um, So, anyway see you guys. Good morning, Aaron. Good morning, Denise. Great to see everybody. Tia, good to see you. Nick Harris, my man. Good to see you. All right. Guess what? We're going to get the show on the road. We have an amazing guest today. I, man, I, I'm really excited about, about asking. <laughs> I can't talk. Dude, my mouth is frozen. I cannot talk. I cannot perform a sentence right now. <laughs> my lips are frozen and it's 50 degrees. What is wrong with me? What's the weather like in North Carolina?
2: In North Carolina, it's like 20 degrees right now, so I, have, oh, I do I, not feel bad for you at all. <laughs> 0 <I've,
1: laughs> I'm one of those pathetic California people now, I swear <laughs> to you. Oh my goodness, man. Well, welcome to Morning Gratitude, my man. It's so
2: good to see you. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. And it looks like you found some good scenery for us to show in case this goes south. <laughs> yeah, look, it's not gonna go south, but it's really—I mean, is beautiful. it's Southern California. It's absolutely amazing
1: here. Um, but dead government, we pay for it too. There you go. <laughs> so, dude, welcome to the show, man. I've been watching you and Natalia do your lives. I've been watching your posts, and I'm really, really excited about having you on, man. I mean, you've done some amazing things. But before we get into any of that, tell us, my friend, what are you grateful for today?
2: Oh my goodness. So much. Honestly, I'm grateful that I woke up this morning. I'm grateful that, you know, my my kids have clothes on them. They've got food on the table. I'm grateful that my wife has gas in her car. I'm grateful that I'm able to, you know, do this with you now when you're clear on the other side of the country and then go downstairs and play princesses for the next hour. So just so grateful for all that, you know, all, all that I have at my disposal.
1: That, that's so cool. I, I, I thought you were going to say your wife had gas, and no. I like you, uh, you probably shouldn't tell her that, man. We're never I, I, I grateful for that. You probably shouldn't tell us that. <laughs> uh, so I, I was looking over your bio, and typically I, I always ask for bios, but I, I, I don't like to do a lot of research because I really am naturally curious about people. But there was something that stuck out to me that I have to ask you about. Because you're very accomplished. You've worked with some of the most amazing companies, billion-dollar corporations you've worked with. But, dude, you worked with or worked with the WWE?
2: <laughs> what was that like? So I knew that was going to come out. And I throw that in there because if you work with the WWE, you've got to, like, put it out there for people to see. Sadly, yeah. it wasn't as amazing as, it, as it you would think. We did, like, a half-day workshop with some of their, their senior leaders and their financial team. I wish it was oh. like, you know, out there with, you know, the, all, all the Rick WWE. Flair? Yeah, Woo! exactly. Right. But, yeah. but it wasn't anything like that. Unfortunately, it was just a quick oh. work day workshop with their, their uh, finance team. Buzzkill, but that's okay. <laughs> that's
1: okay. I don't even know why I have sunglasses on. It's not like the sun's out. Um,
3: you look cool though.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, thank you again so much for coming on the show and it's been a real delight to watch you and Talia do your work. And then, just watching your own post, um, I, I, I really do admire something about you that most people may not know, is not only are you a family man, you're very proud of your family, you've been very accomplished in business, but you're a freaking triathlete too? Did uh, I read that
0: right? <laughs> yes. How I... do you
1: find time? Like, tell us, because I, I went to the gym this morning at 4.30 and had a crap workout because I was in a hurry. But I mean, it is an essential thing that I go to the gym. I have to go. It's part of my routine. To train, you're working with billion-dollar yep. corporations, being a family man, and then training to be a triathlete.
2: How in the heck do you plan your day to make that happen? That's incredible. Yeah, sa- honestly, I mean, it boils down to sacrifices and trade-offs, my man. You know, I, I am not able to talk about last night's game, any game, NBA, NFL, anything, because those are the things that, unfortunately, I, I, they're, they're trade-offs. If I'm spending time, three hours watching a football game, that's three hours that you know I'm not working on my business. I'm not working with my you know spending time with my family, with my wife, with my kids, um, and so it's all about trade-offs. When I was you know working for a consulting firm up in D.C. and training for one of those races,
0: uh, right. you know
2: I had to I had to ride my bike to work to be able to get the training in, which was about a 25 mile ride one way. So you just make trade-offs, you make sacrifices to be able to get and accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. So were, have you always been this disciplined or was there a turning point in your life that
1: made you say, screw it. I'm, I'm buttoned down and I'm, I'm going to make this happen. Like what, what inspired you to become this madman that I admire by the
2: way? Well, I, I appreciate you calling me a madman. I think.
1: I mean that with the, all the respect. No, no, I and really I, do.
2: And, and I, I mean that as a term of endearment. I swear yeah, to you. I appreciate it. I, I think the turning point for me was not any one pivotal moment. I think early on, I was shown a flash of my potential, what was possible. And I think, and many of your viewers probably feel the same way, but there's sometimes times in our lives where we feel like we're on this fence. And on one side is like just catastrophic failure. And on the other side (laughs) is this epic success. And depending on how hard the wind blows, you can go one way or the other. And and so I think for me, I had a lot of those kind of flashes of like, hey, there's potential here. There's opportunity. I had people in my life that pointed the direction. And then that kind of fueled a little bit to get to that next step and that next step. And so it very much was an evolution. It started with, you know, short little three-mile runs. And then, you know, now it's to where a short little three-mile run is pretty easy.
1: That's awesome. I want to give a shout-out real quick to Aaron. Well, obviously, I see you here. Nick, good to see you. Tia, great to see you. Denise, great to see you guys. Nick Harris, always great. Angelina, good to see you. Keith, great to see you. Kathleen, great to see you. Um, we are with uh, the man, Jared. I, I just, I'm just, really blown away by you and what you're doing. But Let me ask you something. Do you ever struggle to find the motivation to do it day in, day out? Because what you're doing does take a daily discipline that, I mean, you're training like an Olympic athlete, but then you're, you're running your business like a, a, a mastermind, and yet, at the same time, finding time to be the family man that you need to be. What, where do you find the motivation? Like, What do you do to be able to always
2: tap into that? Is it tapping into the source? What is it? Well, I think, so I definitely have challenges and struggles. I definitely still you know, have those days when I, where I wake up and I'm like, I don't really want to get out of bed this morning. I have right. times where, you know, I'm I'm playing princesses with my daughters and I'm not totally there. I'm not totally loving it and involved and present. So, I absolutely have those struggles. I think for me, the big picture where I want to go requires a right. certain level of discipline. And again, that discipline has come with with a an evolution. My lazy day is not as lazy as some others, but that's only because I've been through those days where you know, it's been really difficult to get things going and I f- found a way out and I've accomplished more. And then that's kind of made me hungry to accomplish even more. And so my bad day, my threshold is pretty high for what I need to accomplish and how I need to achieve. Um, and it does come back to k- kind of some of those trade-offs and the sacrifices that have to be made. But that discipline, that level of discipline is an evolution. And what I don't want is for people watching or listening to be like, <sighs> I could never do that. I could never get there (laughs) because that's the comparison game. And you just have to totally stay away from it and say, okay, well, what is what is step one for me? What can I do today that's going to help me, you know, get to tomorrow and then that next level and that next level and that next level?
1: That's amazing. So do you have a daily routine? Do you read? Is it you have a routine of, you know, gratitude? What is it that you do each morning? What's the first thing you do when you wake up?
2: Well, the first thing I do when I wake up is I try to reflect. I read scriptures. Um, I have my, my self-reflection, my, my prayer time. Um, and then I always go and I exercise. And it doesn't matter if I wake up an hour late. That's, that's my routine. When I come back, I shower. I hang out with my family, my wife, my kids, get them off to school, come back. And that's when I sit down in my office and I, I start doing my work based on whatever my priorities are, whatever my long-term objectives are, what do I need to do today to start to move in that direction?
1: I love that. I can't, I cannot even imagine. I, I, I had a, I slacked off of my quiet time and I did it, mm. but I wasn't, I wasn't present with the Lord and I noticed it that day. I had one of the worst manacle days I've had in years mm. because I was lazy with my quiet time and I know that it's the most important thing I do every day. And I, they- I mean, without Christ, I'm nothing. Amen. I, I, I don't deserve to be here without him. And it was like, I, I, I love hearing that, that you spend time in the word and you do that because I know how important that is to fuel you and to keep you stepping towards your purpose. Yeah. Let me ask you something, man. What yeah. scares
2: you? What scares you? Uh, I think like everyone, fear of failure is real. Uh, I, I think. Probably a a common misconception, if you look at my bio, you think about all that I've been able to achieve or accomplish, the common misconception is this guy's never scared. There's a ton of things that I'm scared about. I'm always scared. I'm scared of not being able to, you know, for some reason, be able to keep coming up with new ideas that my clients will appreciate. I'm scared of getting on on the phone with a client and not really being able to hear their problem and help them figure it out. I'm scared of not building my business to the, the scale that I want it to be. So fear and being scared is something scared is kind of a companion of mine. I bring it with me wherever I go and that's okay. I don't let it change my course, but it's, I mean, man, I'm always scared. And I know that's, you know, probably not popular to say, but dude, there's, that's okay. I'm scared. Yeah. I want to know something because, and I battle with this sometimes
1: too. Um, or I, I don't know if you do, I don't know if you do or not, but. You know, you're you're coaching. You're working with people. You're mentoring. You're 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 developing brands. You're you're really you you you're you're making a huge difference. Again, working with major companies. When you see, like, do you let competition or when you see somebody that is just you know that they're just what's the right word to say awesome. (laughs) They're fake. They're phony. Oh, gotcha. They're they're online touting how great they are and this and that. How do you let stuff like that fuel you? Do you let it affect
2: you or you just push it off? 100%. I mean, when I was, I, I, I want to insert myself in a way that adds value. When I was very first in one of my first leadership position, um, I just saw all of these managers around who complained about their employees and they would fire their employees. Like they were just nothing. And so, as I watched that, I, I just felt like, hey, there's, there's something that needs to happen with those individuals where they, they put more effort in. So, right. I think too often, we're being sold the summit, we're being sold this, this shortcut to the top of the mountain, and it doesn't exist. So, when I see those people out there who, they're really just like, hey, come buy my one, two, three step for greatness and amazing and, and all of these wonderful things, <laughs> To me, it, it lacks the effort that's involved. It lacks the yeah. miles that it actually takes to achieve and accomplish something. And so I think I let those things, I, I take note, note of them um, and I let them fuel me and I just strive to be different. I strive yeah. to be someone who's going to add value and I'm not gonna sugarcoat the, the work that has to be done, the effort that's involved. And I think that's why I'm a good coach is because my clients know that, if they come to the call and they haven't done the work, we're going to talk about it. We're going to have a conversation about why, why in our minds we allowed ourselves to think that it's going to be easy. That putting this off is going to actually get us to our destination because it just doesn't work like that.
1: Yeah, I love that, man. I love it. I, uh, yeah, that's something that I have to check myself every once in a while to remind because that's my ego getting in the way. And that's something that, like, I'm terrified of my ego. Like I don't mm. want, I want to remain humble and I want, obviously I'm driven for success and I do, I believe in myself more than anything, but you know, I, I honestly, I battle when I see that it makes me, it, it irks me because I see people getting taken advantage of. And there's that part of me that wants to protect everybody, but I know I can't because yeah. we all have our own journey. And so it's, it's been a struggle of mine the last few days. You know what I mean? Like it's been something I've had to really, really pray about because that's the moment where I can slip, you know, is where I get in my head and start <laughs> not honoring the process. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I I'm, I'm kind
2: of rambling right now, but I'm trying to like I'm trying to have you coach me as we talk. Anyway, well, I was going to so- say, because as a coach, I would say, what about that frustrates you? What really about some, the way somebody else behaves or perceives or communicates? What about it frustrates you specifically?
1: You know what? Honestly, it's because I know how hard it is. I know how hard I know the, the, the failure, the amount of failure, the frustration, the being terrified of like, oh, my God, I'm going to be thrown out on the street again. I'm going to be homeless again. Mm. I, that and and I'm watching people sell this illusion of overnight success or yeah. sell this illusion. And it hurts my heart because I see I see the comments and the hero worship and the putting on the pedestal. And I'm like, guys, have we not not learned our lesson? Have we not learned our lesson about putting these people on a pedestal? Like we're all, every one of us, we're all the same. We're all humans. We're all flawed. We're all striving for something great. But selling this illusion of you can do it overnight or just follow these steps or just follow this. I don't know why I let it bother me so bad. I think maybe because I've been victim of it so much. And when I first moved to L.A., oh, my gosh, like, I did not know how great (laughs) people were at being full of crap. Like, they're experts at being full of crap. I went down more wormholes, and I've I've tried to do more things. And I'm grateful for those failures. I'm grateful for that frustration. But now I just want to protect some, like, these millennials that are buying into some of this stuff. Like, I want to grab them all and protect it, but I don't want to blow up anyone else's spot. So it's maddening to me, but I'm getting out of my lane by worrying about that.
2: I'm curious. I've got to stop doing it. I'm curious what, how you would think, what if they weren't full of crap? What if the oh, behaviors I are the same? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, but well, I know
1: that that's the problem is that I know them and they are. Yeah. Like this, this the hero worship of people on stage and like these, the, the, anyway, I got to be careful because my mouth is going to start running, but it hurts my heart yeah. because it's, I, I there is a bit of a worship mentality of, Oh, you're on stage. You're great. You're, you're perfect. I'm going to listen to everything you say for sure. And then I see those same people hurting their, their fans. You know what I mean? And like, I've been that guy and it hurts me to see it happen, but I can't, I almost feel powerless and it's not my problem,
2: but I'm making it my problem, which is wrong. Well, I would ask you, what was your process? You said you've been victimized in, in the past in that way. What was your process of awakening, of realization, of awareness? And then how can you be, and I think you're doing it, but how can you be and do that for other others that are kind of falling prey to it now?
1: Asking the right questions, verifying, like not buying it just to jump in to buy. Yeah. If it sounds too good to be true, there's a good chance that it is. Yep. And maybe it's not, but taking the time to verify, to ask the right questions and you know, I'm like this too with the brands that I worked with and the brands that I've represented. I've always been that guy that I want to provide a service. I don't want to come sell you anything. When I was involved yep. in skincare real heavily or cosmetics, I never wanted to come up and say, This is the best product ever. You need to buy it. You need to buy it. That's not true. There's no such thing as the best product. There's a lot of great quality products, yeah. and there's a lot of garbage. I would rather provide the information, provide the facts. And, and teach people to ask the right questions, because that's a problem. We all fall victim to clever marketing.
3: Yep. Amen. We're
1: all victim of that. Amen. And so and, and, and so, I just, there's a mother hen quality of me, about me, that I, like, I just want to help people, and I want to keep people from making the same mistakes I did, because it's frustrating. Yeah. Like, I could have been, I, I, I have no regrets, but thinking, like, if I would have been more discerning, I could have avoided a lot of the heartache. And I don't want to see a lot of these people that are they, they're taking their last dime, their last pennies, and they're giving it to these influencers thinking that these influencers are going to save their butt and then help them become rich and millionaires. Yeah. And, and they lose it all. And then they're frustrated, and then there's no accountability from that influencer. Like that breaks my heart. Yep. So I don't, I, I don't even know if it's it, – it, again, it's something I'm taking on that I shouldn't take on but I really genuinely care about seeing people succeed Yeah, and watching people fail them hurts. It bothers me.
3: Yeah.
2: One of my, I'm just a big hearted guy, dude. What can I tell you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and we need more big hearted guys like you. We need more people who are willing to give it, give it to people straight who are willing to communicate the hard work and the effort. And more importantly, who are willing to be a good example of that because your example shows what's possible for other people. And that can light that little spark that helps them yeah. make just a small change today. And then five years down the road, 10, who knows at what point they come to that same level of awareness. But you know, we have to go through the same types of experiences that you've been through. We've gotta be Absolutely. hurt and we've gotta tumble down the hill a little bit before we can you know, really recognize, okay, this is why I'm stumbling. This is why I'm falling. And this is how I'm now gonna get around it and move forward. So when you're working, I want to ask you, so when
1: you're working with a large group and you're working with a team, right, mm-hmm. you've got a team of people, how important is it to you when you're putting together the team and having and strategizing about what the roles are going to be, how important is it for you to find out kind of what, what the person's purpose is or what, what makes them, well, yeah, their purpose. Like, what, yeah. How important is it for you to find that so you can exploit <laughs> that to maximize their gift?
2: And you, so if I'm finding out their purpose, you're saying within the organization or just their individual personal purpose. Well, I
1: say it's a team. You work with teams, right?
2: I can work with, so I work with teams and I also work one-on-one. So my consulting background was with larger right. groups, right? Um, okay. Now in my own business, my own coaching and training business, I work with typically small business owners, one-on-one individuals, one-on-one, and then I work with, with smaller teams. The, the right. purpose is, so my architecture of leadership that I teach is first and foremost, accountability and ownership. So really being right. a- aware and, and owning your circumstances. The second is having an ability and desire to develop yourself and others. And the third part speaks to what you're talking about. Being able to really build a strategic vision and goals that align to both personal and professional priorities. So right, right, when right. you ask you know, how important is that, it's everything. Because you can give people all the tools you want But if they don't want to be a better leader, if they don't want to to do more, to be more, what good is it? You can give me a hammer and say, go build a house. But if I don't want to build a house, guess what? I'm not doing anything with it. That hammer's gonna lay there in the corner and it might be an expensive (laughs) fancy hammer and you might have bought me the very best hammer out there. But unless I want to build a house, it ain't happening, brother. So when I work with a leader, that's what I want to get to. I want to get to who, who do they want to be what do they want to accomplish? Part of my accountability and awareness work helps them actually recognize two things. Number one, they are the problem, and thereby they are also the solution. So right. when I'm working with them, helping them just first recognize they're the problem opens them up to being the solution. People want to be the solution. And when you, yeah. when you help give them the vision and the view of how they're viewing other people, their employees, their you know, depart, co-departments, All of that can be done to kind of raise that level of awareness to where they say, okay, now I'm going to actually invest and I I want to be a better leader. And that's where you want to get people to.
1: So what is the secret passion of yours that no one knows about or very few people know about? No Uh, one's watching. Don't worry. We won't, you know.
2: (laughs) Secret? I I, I don't think that my, well, I don't know that it's that secret, but maybe it is. I think the, the secret passion is that people have more potential. And, you know, it, you, you look at my, my bio and you're like, this, this guy's well accomplished. The more I accomplish, the less impressed I am with myself. The more impressed I am with what people can do. This, you, you probably would not know. Look at my bio, you wouldn't know. I didn't graduate from high school. I got kicked out of high school at about 17 I couldn't get into any high school within a 40-mile radius. That moment, I felt like there was a ceiling on my life. I felt like I had, I had hit as high as I could, I could get. I felt like my circumstances were it. And it wasn't until somebody took me under their wing and showed me those flashes of potential, so those flashes of opportunity, like, hey, you can actually change things. That Then I started on this path of progression, of change, of improvement to where i am now to where people would be like you didn't graduate from high school what i got my ged i got my ged from you know it, it, as a as a teenager so i think my hidden passion is that hey i'm not that great my hidden passion is that you are great you are amazing and you can do amazing things you've got to put in the work it's hard it's not easy but it can be done and you can accomplish amazing things we, you and I are a little bit more alike than I thought.
3: <laughs> Seriously,
2: Probably a lot funny. alike.
1: Uh, yeah, it's kind of freaking me out. I got kicked out of high school. Um,
2: there you go. story. We, <laughs> uh, and I don't normally share that. So you got me talking yeah, more no, than most I, people.
1: Welcome. Um, yeah. Oh, my gosh, man. So when did you – so would you say that that is when you really recognized your purpose for the first time? Or did you have glimpses of it when you were younger?
2: You know, when I was younger, I wanted to be a a famous actor. That was kind of my my vision, my dream. Um, and I remember the exact moment where I was like, I'm not going to be a famous actor. Like, I remember the exact moment I was in Michigan in blistering cold, colder than both of you and I are right now. And I'm sitting there and I'm <laughs> knocking on this door. And I'm like, this is it. Like, I'm not I'm not going to be an actor. I'm not going to go back and spend all this time you know, learning, acting. Um, And so I think that was kind of the moment where I was like, okay, what else is there? And so I I thought about going to law school. I thought about doing lots of different things, but I think what really ignited my passion was number one, watching people being mistreated, watching people being given labels that I had been given. um, And then seeing those people fit to those labels because they had been given those labels Um, And then finally, it was a matter of the the real, I think, where it was like pour gasoline on the fire is when I started running, when I started uh, endurance racing. Because you have no choice when you're out there on the road than to be accountable. If I run up a hill very slowly, it's not the hill's fault. It's not the weather's fault. It's my fault. And maybe I didn't put enough effort. Maybe I didn't train hard enough. Maybe I just didn't eat right. Maybe I didn't do so many things that caused me to live or run up, run up the hill slowly. So it's a matter of then that kind of shifted this outward look into, okay, well, what could I do? What can I do? And I took that into my teams when I managed, I take that into my, my coaching with my clients. And I help them kind of break down those things in their life where they say, well, this is a label that's been given me and that's my wall.
0: And I want to help them
2: break through that and see that there's more that's possible. Golly, man. That the label thing, I,
1: that, that's a bad trigger for me. I, um, you know, it's not a bad in this moment, bad, but I mean, it, it reminds me of those, those labels that because of my actions, that labels that I deserve, but every time I had tried to make a life change, somebody would drop one of those labels on me and I would completely derail totally. and sabotage my success. And and if it's this is why the work I talked about earlier about the quiet time and spending time with the Lord, because if I don't do that, I start to re, start to believe those labels again. Yeah. And I just immediately fall off the cliff. I mean, speaking of cliff,
2: <laughs> don't so fall like, off the cliff.
1: I'll make for an awkward end of the show. We talk. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> but I but yeah, I mean, it's just the, the labels are so dangerous and it kills me to see other people believe those labels about themselves too, because all it is is just a switch yeah. to stop, to stop believing it, to stop going with it.
2: Well, I, so think, I, I, I love that. Man. I think a, a good way to defend against it is to do something that defies it. Ah, and, yeah. and, and so that's you great. have to recognize what is my label? And then what evidence do I have that that's not true? Or what can I go out and accomplish and achieve that will, help me understand it's not true. Make it not true. If somebody says, hey, you could never run a marathon, go run a marathon. If somebody says you can't, you can't do something, if, I mean, if it's important to you, I'm not saying just go do it because everybody else marathon, says dude. go do it, right? But, I'll, I'll come bring you water.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> hey, you can never have enough aid stations. <laughs> so I, I think you just have those opportunities where you can say, okay, well, this is something that's a, a label that's been given to me. Here's why it's not true. Here's what I've already done in the past. I mean, most of the time right. when I'm working with a client and they say, they, they. in fact, I was talking to a client the other night and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm worried that my, my boss is judging me and thinks I'm not knowledgeable enough. And I'm like, okay, well, what ev- evidence do you have that that's accurate? Do they come to you and say, hey, you're not knowledgeable enough? Are people around you being like, oh my goodness, you are so dumb? And the reality is they're not. And we put these things in our heads when they're just, there's no evidence to back it up. So we have to really be critical of, Okay, this is how I feel. This is the label that I'm worried about. Why? What evidence? And if, if we really don't have any evidence against it, then maybe we say we go try something. Because accomplishment and achievement, I think, is the pathway to confidence. We've got to find more opportunities to achieve and accomplish. And, you know, that's why I think people can so easily sell the summit. Because it's just easier to buy the summit instead of the hike up. But it just, again, it doesn't work like that. There's just no way around it.
1: I can tell you from somebody that this feeds off of immediate gratification that it's never, like getting it is not as fun as the journey.
3: Yeah, it amen. It's
1: not, I, it's so, I've, I've learned to celebrate the little things. I've learned to just go, sweet, we did it. Yeah. You know, I, I got there. But it's like immediately on to the next thing because I'm now realizing how much fun the journey is, the path. Like that's the, that's the joy because I know I'm striving for what God called me to do. So even if I fail, even if I fall on my face, no matter what, yeah. I get up and keep going, that's the, that's the joy for me. Yeah. I, I don't even know what the end is for me. I don't. But I don't really care. Yeah. I, I'm enjoying the journey. And I got in my head a little bit this weekend, but like I finally, and like even having this conversation with you, man, I was pretty cranky when we had started this conversation. <laughs> but having this conversation really, really helped me a lot. And it's just like, you know what? Yeah, dead gummit. I love the journey. Yeah. I love it. I love the journey more than I love anything else. So I, I'm just, I'm grateful for this conversation for
2: sure. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I think as we look back at where we've been as well, we'll we can see that all of those were stepping stones. And I think one of your last guests, he kind of said, I'm, I'm thankful for all of my challenges. I'm thankful for, you know, the trials that, I've experienced in my life because they've led me here and they've, they've made me who I am. And I, right. I mean, all of us, if we're really critical, I mean, one of the first things I do with teams is I have them actually chart how they got to where they're at. I have them think about the milestones that they've accomplished. I have them think about the, the challenges and obstacles that they've faced. And I, help, I have them think about who has helped them because as right. they literally draw it out, they start to see the connections. Wow, if this trial didn't happen, then this milestone wouldn't happen. If this milestone didn't happen, I wouldn't have met this person or this challenge. If I didn't have this person, they wouldn't have gotten me through. And so it's just a matter of recognizing the path that we've already tread. It is paving the way for our future. If we view it that way. And if we're not, then we're, we're just missing out on a great opportunity to actually, you know, create something for ourselves. Dude, that's beautiful.
1: I, I, man, I'm so grateful for you coming on the show today. I, uh, I really want to do this again. You and Natalia both were terrific. So you guys are a dynamic, like watching your videos (laughs) are terrific. I always get something amazing out of them. Natalia does all the heavy lifting. She's awesome. I got a lot of this with you, man. (laughs) You are are a true blessing. You are a true inspiration. I cannot wait to keep watching what you're doing. Um, Oh, but one thing, man. So um, for being on the show, I'm going to give you a giraffe. Great. So uh, I'm going to drop off a real giraffe on your front door. Okay. You cannot sell it and you cannot give it away. What are you going to do with it?
2: I think that, and I've seen your show, so I've kind of already thought about this guy. So, you know, maybe it's time to switch it up. But I think (laughs) what I would do is I would train that giraffe to do things that nobody thought giraffes could do. And then I would say, look, this giraffe can do things nobody ever thought it could. And if the giraffe can do it, you can do it too. So get out there, start doing something new that you're not really sure you can do and learn your way through it. Because I promise that's going to bring with it a sense of accomplishment and achievement. And that is going to lead to confidence. And you'll get to the point where when things come along, things come your way, you're just going to be like, yeah, I can tackle that. Why? Because I've tackled so many things in my past successfully. And a giraffe did it. And a giraffe did it, man. I mean, come on. (laughs) Well, man, thank you so much. I've got to get back on the road. Of course. You are a blessing,
1: my friend. Thank you so much for blessing us with so much knowledge.
2: Oh, thank, you, thank you for you having me. for putting me. Thank me in a better mood. Thanks for the work you do. I think you're certainly a blessing to so many people's lives. And even though you can't save them all, you're saving a lot of them. You're helping a lot of them. So just keep up the good work and rest on that.
1: Uh, thank you, man. God bless.
2: Take okay, care. Hey, brother. Thank you. See ya. Bro. Bye.
1: That dude's awesome. What an awesome guy. What a blessing. Uh, guys, thank you so much for your support today. Thank you guys, all of you, angelique Keith, Nick, Kathleen, Mary, uh, Karen, Tia. Great to see you guys, Natalia. Thank you guys so much for joining. That dude's a blessing. Wow, he put me in a better mood. If you couldn't tell, I was a little cranky, but I feel better now. Thank you so much. I love you guys. Thank you so much. I'm off to LA. Uh, I may go live later. We have some interesting stuff happening today. Take care. Love you guys.